What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Stephen Monteith, and I'm here to talk about representation in Star Trek. We got some news earlier this month, just last week, in fact, that when Star Trek Discovery returns in October, about a month and a week from now, it's going to add a couple of new characters to the show. These characters will be the first non-binary and transgender characters who will make regular appearances as part of the cast, and they'll be played by non-binary and transgender actors. The The non-binary character, called Adira, will be played by Blue Del Barrio. Um, this, uh, this character is described by, by Blue as... Uh, wonderfully complex, uh, astonishingly intelligent, and yet still a kid. Uh, uh, Blue Del Barrio uh, is non-binary and uses the pronouns they and them. <clears throat> they were in their final year of uh, studies at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art when they auditioned for the role of Adira. The other, uh, the other character, played by transgender actor uh, Ian Alexander, who, you, who also uses they, them, and he, him pronouns, will be playing a trill host named, or a trill uh, alien at least, who wants to become a Trill host. Um, the character's name is Gray. And and these two characters will be... Um, will be major additions to the cast. That already includes two uh, gay characters who are in uh, Star Trek's first... Um, long-term gay uh, relationship, of course. Uh, that's Lieutenant Stamets and Dr. Kolber, played by actors Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz. Star Trek has always... has always strived to to put more representation into its cast. This is something that that um that some people find annoying, that some people think is um what do you call it? is just Star Trek being virtue signaling or pandering to 
to a small segment of the population or whatever. And, and that kind of thing just really, really bothers me. I mean, let's talk for a minute about representation and about what it means for people. Star Trek has been around for 54 years now. Today is Star Trek Day, the anniversary of the first episode that aired anywhere. That was back in 1966. It was a brand new show. It was it was a show that promised to seek out new life and new civilizations. And from the very beginning, it's fulfilled that promise. It's shown us all kinds of strange aliens and and planets with all this strange life and strange ways of living. But... In a genre that has always prized itself on on showing us these grand new visuals and opening our minds to bold new ideas, it's usually white male protagonists who lead the way. You know, you've had, uh, even in Star Trek itself, the main character is Captain Kirk, and the people you see around him most are McCoy and Spock, both, uh, I mean, even though Spock is a Vulcan, he's still played by a white male actor. And, And then we get to Star Trek The Next Generation, which came out in the 80s, and and that had Captain Picard and Riker, the first officer, both white men, and and that's not even getting into all the other uh, sci-fi franchises out there. It took Deep Space Nine, which came out in 1993 before a black man was the lead in a Star Trek series. And then, of course, Voyager came out a couple of years later when a woman was the first person to be the captain of the the lead vessel in the series. And then, in 2001, Star Trek kind of went backwards in a couple of different ways because the new series Enterprise, uh, which was set before the original series, had, again, a white male captain. And Scott Bakula is great. I have no problem with him as an actor. He's, you know... 
he's one of my favorites. But still, they had an opportunity to keep expanding, to keep moving forward, to keep adding more diversity. Now, Star Trek has always been diverse. I don't want it to sound like, you know, like this is... um, Like, this is a major problem in the franchise. Because even back in the 60s, even back in the first episode, they had Nichelle Nichols as Lieutenant Uhura. In 1966, they had a black woman as an officer on the Enterprise... And they had George Takei as Lieutenant Sulu, the helmsman, an Asian officer. And in the second season, they added uh, Walter Koenig as Pavel Chekhov, a Russian, which, while he's still a white male, was... I mean, you have to understand, at the time, this was this was deep in the Cold War, and having a Russian serving alongside, you know, the very much American Captain Kirk, uh, it was still pretty impressive. So it's not... Uh, so it's not like Star Trek hasn't always done what they could to try to to try to portray a future where it's not where you don't just have you know blacks and whites and and people of all different uh, backgrounds serving alongside each other and but a lot of their a lot of what they could do with these actors was still um, at the whim of the studio. It was still bowing to the realities of the time, if you wanna, if you wanna put it that way. Like for example, um, Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, wanted to make it clear that Uhura was the second in command. But he couldn't do that. He had already tried to make uh, Magel Barrett uh, the second-in-command of the Enterprise in the original pilot. She was she played number one. She played uh, a woman who was going to be in command whenever the captain, you know, went on um, went on an away mission or was incapacitated, and that was just something that that the studio was not going to show. I mean, when they had to make a new pilot for the show, that was one of the things that they had to change. And it wasn't and it wasn't until almost 3 decades later that we finally got a woman as the captain of Voyager, like I said. But Again, you really can't you really can't discount how important it was 
even having characters like that on the screen. After Star Trek's first season, uh, Nichelle Nichols was going to leave the show. She was going to quit. But she actually had a chance to meet with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who convinced her otherwise. Because, like I said, it was revolutionary simply having her up there. For all the for all the problems with Star Trek, having someone on screen that people could see in whatever role, as not not in whatever role, but in but in an important role. It's like I say, it really can't be understated uh, how important that is. It can't be overstated. Now, TV shows will will sometimes tackle things like like racism and sexism and all kinds of discrimination. They'll have what's known as a very special episode where they'll make a big case out of, you know, taking time off from their regularly scheduled adventures or hijinks or whatever the show is about to give the audience a lesson about how, about how racism or discrimination of any kind is just plain wrong. And the audience will nod solemnly and, you know, next week we'll be back to the show that you all know and love. And that sort of, that sort of messaging can be clunky. It can be mishandled. It can be, it can be dismissed. Even in Star Trek, there was, there was an episode of the original series which, over the years, has become uh, infamous for how heavy-handed it is with its message. It's called Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. This episode had two aliens who just hated each other, and they're, and they were... They were from the same planet, but their prejudice against each other had destroyed the entire planet. These were the last two left. And the difference between these two aliens? One of them was black on the left side and white on the right side. And the other one was black on the right side and white on the left side. They were, that was literally the difference between them. One of, they were black and white on opposite sides of their bodies. And because of that, they hated each other so much that their entire civilization was destroyed. I mean, this, this was Star Trek's episode about racism. Star Trek The Next Generation continued the 
the um <laughs> the tradition i guess of clunky episodes about discrimination with an episode called the outcast uh this is uh a this was where the enterprise meets a an alien race who is entirely androgynous you know they used to have uh separate genders male and female but they had evolved to the point where everybody was the same gender the same sex but some of them feel like they are still female some of them feel like they are still male and and Riker falls in love with one of them and it's and it's a painfully obvious metaphor for um for you know anti-discrimination against uh homosexuals or against transgendered people but just like uh the original series episode these two these two episodes were so were so clunky and so mishandled that today they're just seen as well at best they're seen as unnecessary now they mean well they meant well at least um i mean like i say star trek has always cared about uh about diversity and anti-discrimination but having episodes like this it if it can sometimes do more harm than good because it can lead to a whole you know oh shoot the message along with the messenger situation on the other hand, if you have somebody in the crew who is black or is gay or is transgender and you just present it as a normal thing, if you're not shining a spotlight on it, if you just put them there and they are good characters and complex, and they're able to do their job, then, and if you just show that it's a normal thing, then it's seen by the audience as a normal thing. And the people who are watching who aren't black or aren't gay or aren't uh, transgender they become more used to it. Maybe they don't know anybody in real life like that, but they can start to feel like they do know somebody like that because they're seeing it on screen. Yeah, I think uh I think we all are familiar with with that phenomenon at least. You know, becoming more um becoming more attached to fictional characters as friends, as as people with whom we're familiar, they start to become real for us. And for people who are uh, persons of color or 
who are LGBTQ+, they get to see something that straight white people have been seeing up on the screen for their whole lives. They get to see somebody who looks just like themselves being respected, even being in command sometimes, most of the time. They get to see that this is going to be a normal thing in the future. People of all backgrounds, people of all um, races, people of all genders and orientations, just working alongside each other. We get to see that that is the message. It doesn't have to be a very special episode. It doesn't have to be a one and done. You don't just see it one week and then move on from it the next week. You don't just skip over it if you're having a marathon on Netflix. You see it. You watch it. It becomes real to you. And I think that's what people's problem is. I don't think people... I mean, there are probably some people who are rightly concerned that Star Trek is just adding these characters to Virtue Signal. That they're going to flub it like they did the the episodes The Outcast or Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. That this is this is their effort to show that they that they care and that they're going to screw it up somehow. But I think most people who have a problem with this I think their real problem is that the future is going to become a place where this kind of thing is normal. You know, Nichelle Nichols and uh, William Shatner had the first interracial kiss on Star Trek. And they had to fight the studio to get a real kiss on the air. And there were some places, there were some TV stations in America that refused to even show that episode. Because, damn it, that is not going to be the future. White people kissing black people? I have no doubt there are plenty of people who are still pissed off by that today. And there are plenty of people who don't want to think about a future where transgendered people or non-binary people or gay people or people of color or even women are equal. I don't think I need to give any evidence to support that claim. It's all around us. 
Well, when Star Trek Discovery starts up again next month, I'll be watching it. And I'll be looking at the future. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you more this later this week. Live long and prosper. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.